Welcome to the next episode of the FMA podcast. If you're an individual or church looking to take your ministry to the next level, visit freedomministryalliance.org for your next step. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this episode of the FMA podcast. Douglas Adams says, I may not have gone where I intended to go, but I think I've ended up where I needed to be. So if you're listening to this podcast today, it's no coincidence you're here. You're exactly where you needed to be. My name is Matt Hobson, and I'm on staff at Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama. Our last episode, it's been several months, was titled, How Do You Handle Change? And that's exactly what we've been doing. We've been working on our own personal growth and development. We've been implementing some new processes and structure with our leadership. Our church is in a season of change. Uh, And even the way God is doing things in the kingdom is changing right now. And it is an exciting time to be part of the kingdom of God. You know, over the last month, we've baptized over 500 people. We've had incredible miracles happening in the waters of baptism. People being carried into the tank that couldn't even walk up the ladder are now getting out without any assistance, without any pain, completely healed, deaf ears being opened, blind eyes being uh, able to see again, families being restored, addictions being broken, uh, and, and then just even hearing of stage four cancer People now saying our cancer has been healed, I can eat again, I have no pain. Uh, God is doing something incredible. So rejoice with us as just as if it's happening for you, because if God will do it for us, that means He will do it for you. And, uh, you know, today's podcast, uh, talking about a season of change, uh, we've even changed the way that we do things, even in our own prayer life, uh, prayer lives lately. We picked up a prayer strategy on an apostolic trip. Uh, I was with Kent Maddox, and we were in Florida at a conference with Chuck Pierce and Doug Addison, and he gave us a prayer strategy to be able to access um, pretty much the throne room of God and, and find out what God's thinking, what He's saying. And so he taught us this prayer strategy, and we've been doing it. And what I want to share today kind of came out of one of those encounters that I had. So before we get into what I want to talk about, let me give you that prayer strategy and let you go ahead and be doing that on your own because it has been a valuable tool for our leadership and our staff here at Word Alive. So essentially, the the prayer strategy is three doors. So the verses that you're going to need are Revelation 3, 8, Revelation 3, 20, and Revelation 4, 1. And this prayer strategy is that you would visit each one of those scriptures and you would walk through each one of those doors and then uh, and, and see what happens at the end of it. And we've had some incredible encounters. So Revelation 3.8 says that there's a door that God has opened that no man can shut. You can't even shut it yourself. Nothing you can do can shut it. So what we do is, you know, we come to that Revelation 3.8 door and we say, God, we're stepping into that door that you've opened for us. Nobody can shut it. My mess ups from yesterday can't close it. Uh, I'm going to step into whatever it is that you have for me today. And then we kind of wait and see if we hear him saying anything. And then we go to the next door after we have a little bit of time communicating back and forth. Revelation 3.20 says that this is now our opportunity to open the door. It says, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And if anybody opens that door, he'll come in, he'll have fellowship with him. So that's where we get our intimate time with Jesus, where we say, you know, Jesus, I open that door. I invite you in 
the, my, uh, this morning. I invite you into this situation. I invite you into my circumstances or my finances or my work or my ministry. And so we open that door ourselves. That's our choice to do that. And then if we do those two things, then in Revelation 4, verse 1, it says, Come up here with me, uh, uh, and I'll open a door, and you can come in there, and I will tell you everything you need to know. And man, that's where the magic happens. When we get to that door uh, through this prayer strategy, we're having some crazy encounters. We're seeing some amazing things. We're hearing some amazing things. God is giving us some specific strategies to be able to deal with things that we need to deal with. And so I just want to encourage you, um, if you have not ever experienced those three doors, uh, I would encourage you to do that starting immediately. Just let yourself go through each door and at the end, see what happens. You know, in Revelation 4, you know, after all that happens, it just turns into worship (laughs) where you say, holy, 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 because it's unreal once you experience that. Uh, what God says, what you see, what He's doing. The only thing we can do after that is worship. So I was doing that. I was going through those three doors, and I came up uh, thinking about mission trips. I lead a lot of mission trips here at our church. And one of the things that I I hear most often when I'm trying to get new people to go on trips uh, are excuses. And so today I want to title this podcast, No More Excuses. Uh, You know, I hear... Every time I put out a new trip, and we have a new trip coming out, uh, depending on when this podcast airs, we have a trip on August 29th going back to Honduras. Uh, If you would like to participate in that trip, you can go to www.project58.com and just click on the next Honduras trip for some more information. But when those trips go out, people will always respond back to me with an excuse. You know, I just, uh, my job won't let me off work right now, you know, or I just don't have enough money to be able to go on a trip right now, or I'm just not in good enough shape. I don't feel like I would be able to keep up with everyone. And the worst one that I hate hearing the most is I just don't have anything to offer. And that's what I really want to focus on today because every one of us has something specific to offer for the kingdom. Uh, Even if it's just a hug, if it's just a smile, there's something that God has has equipped you with that He's given you that only you can do. You're unique to the kingdom, uh, and, and the only thing that you have to do is be willing to go. And, you know, before we even get uh, too far into this, what if we just take a deep breath and you just give yourself an internal high five because you're, you're winning. You're still here. <laughs> the fact that you're listening to this podcast, uh, you know, checking out a resource tool for growth or development or for, you know, whether that's an individual or a church, that means that you're still in the game. You're still trying to grow and develop and you're still here. That means you're still winning because the only way that we lose is if we quit. And the fact that you're listening today means you have not quit. You have something to give. Uh, And, you know, all of those excuses that people say, it seems like we find a way to convince ourselves that we don't have enough. You know, whether that's your job or your health or your giving or, you know, what it is that you can offer. And I just don't see that in the Bible. You know, in Matthew chapter 15, verse 33, uh, it says, His disciples answered, Where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd? So you can go back and read the whole story for yourself, but essentially Jesus keeps them out all day preaching and teaching, 
and then it ends up being time for everybody to eat and there's no food anywhere you know all the you know mcdonald's has closed down they don't have 24 7 mcdonald's there uh where jesus was preaching there's no food anywhere to be found and the disciples respond back like a lot of people that i hear with mission trips with an excuse where could we get enough bread jesus in this remote place to feed a crowd and and i love how jesus responds in verse four he says how many loaves do you have you know jesus asked how many loaves do you have he didn't ask how many does the crowd have he didn't ask for a group you know the person that gave him the response he asked how many do you have which is essentially just asking, what is it that's in your hand? What can you offer today to fix this? You know, uh, it's one thing to admit, hey, I've got a problem or I've got an issue. Uh, It's another one to do that without offering some type of solution. And so, you know, the disciples, they they didn't respond back with a solution. They responded back with, you know, Jesus, where are we going to get enough bread in this remote place to feed a crowd? And Jesus turns it right back around and says, how many loaves do you have? You know, if you're not willing to give a penny, you know, you're not going to get a dime. Or if you're not willing to give a hundred, you're not going to get a thousand. Uh, My parents used to talk about that kind of stuff all the time, but it's so true. If you're not willing to give a penny, there's no way God's going to give you a thousand dollars and trust that you're going to invest and do what you need to do in the kingdom with that. You know, those trusted with little. Isn't that what that verse in Luke 16, 10 says? Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will be what? Dishonest with much. And so how often do we look somewhere else for what we need instead of using what we already have in our hands? You know, uh, one of the things that drives me crazy, uh, and this would be just a little soapbox or a rabbit trail, but is when people will call and ask me to help someone. You know, hey, I, I ran into this person. They have a need. Could you help them? Well, if you have the ability to meet that person's need, why are you calling me? God obviously put that person in your path uh, as an opportunity for you to be able to help them. So if it's if it's you know the if it's in your ability to give to that person, to pray for that person, to give that person a ride or to help that person or to invite that person for dinner, then you do it. But how often do we look somewhere else for what we need instead of using what we already have? And it's crazy because when they finally gave Jesus what they had, looked what happened. You know, he multiplied it and fed everyone and they had so much left over that they got to take leftovers home with them. It's crazy. You know, security or what looks like security in our hands always turns into abundance in God's hands. If we could just ever, ever realize that, that we can't receive with a closed fist. You know, whatever that we think is security in our hand, if we'll let that go, it turns into complete abundance. Years ago, and this is how we actually came on staff at Word Alive International Outreach, my wife and I, uh, we had been volunteering in ministry for years, and I was in full-time sales. And we had, uh, mostly my wife, but we had a money security. Not an insecurity, we had a money security problem. We had so much money that we were always afraid if we went into full-time ministry that we wouldn't have enough money to do the things that we wanted to do. And um, my wife didn't have the best childhood growing up, and so that added uh, fuel to the fire of her insecurity towards money or security uh, of having enough money. 
and just trusting that if we would take a step and do what God called us to do, He would provide. And so we came back off of a vacation, and we show up at Word Alive, and uh, Benny Hinn was preaching, and it's the first time that we had ever experienced him other than watching videos uh, about him in the past. And so we show up, and uh, he starts preaching, and uh, he's preaching about sowing into a dream that you have. And he says, if you would sow $1,000 towards this dream, I want to pray for you, and then we'll see what God does with it. And in my mind, I was thinking, there's no way I'm giving this man $1,000. I mean, that to me was crazy. Uh, not because I was afraid of giving the money. I didn't care. I, I blow money all the time and give money away. But I just thought, if I take a step out to give this guy $1,000, my wife is going to lose her mind. And so I'm having this internal battle uh, in my own mind happening. My wife starts elbowing me, and she's like, "Hey, are you gonna? Let's go down front. We need to give a thousand dollars." And so I had, I mean, this was the craziest thing that had ever happened to me because the fact that she wanted to step out in faith and sow that much money towards something, uh, I, I knew God was doing something. And so I, you know, I just kept asking her, "Are you sure?" And she said, "Yes." And so we eventually walked down to the front, and we put $1,000 in an envelope. She wrote something on the back of it, and then uh, he prayed over it, and then we left. And as soon as I got home, the only thing I could think is, man, this TV preacher got us. He got our money. He's conned us into the giving this $1,000, and I had already regretted it before I even went to bed that night. So we kind of joked around back and forth with each other about it, but at some point I asked her, you know, what is it that you wrote on the back of the envelope that caused you to give a $1,000? And she said, well, I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, I wrote on the back of the envelope for you to be able to go into full-time ministry. That's the dream I want God to answer. And so it just blew me away because that had always been a dream of mine. And, and just the fear of uh, us not being able to have enough resources to do it and to take that step of faith the fact that she stood out um, or took that step out of faith, you know, took that step for us, you know, and sold $1,000, it just blew me away. Well, I didn't think anything about it. That was on a Sunday. And Monday, I get up and I go to work, and I'm on the way to a meeting with Brassfield and Gory, and I get a call from Kent Maddox at Word Alive. And he asked me if I could come uh, bring Holly and have lunch with him and the staff. So we drove uh, up to have lunch the next day. And Kent said, I would like you to quit your job, sell your house, and I would like you to move here and come on staff and change the world with me. And all of that because we took a step of faith. You know, God immediately moved when we opened our hand, when we let go of that security we had over that money, and we put our trust in what He could do. He immediately answered and didn't just answer with $1,000, but answered with uh, the desires of my heart. And so I just want to encourage you, you know, if you're holding on to something, uh, if you're afraid to let it go, if you're afraid to step out and fail, uh, I just want to encourage you, the moment that you step out, the moment that you open your hand is the moment that you can receive whatever God has planned for you. You know, if it's money, if it's food, if it's talents, uh, if it's a new job or a new ministry, all of those things may look like security that you're holding tight but the miracle happens when you let go and you just take that step of faith and say, God, whatever it is that you have for me, that's what I want to do. And so I just want to encourage you today. I want you to even now open your hands and look down 
and, and ask yourself, what is it that you have? What is it that you have today that you can offer? What is it that you have that you can offer your family? What is it that you have that you can offer your friends? Uh, what is it that you have that you can offer your community or your church? Um, you know, what has God put inside of you that's you know that you know is supposed to be shared with the world? And so, my encouragement for you today is just open your hands, let go of that security, and let the abundance of God start flowing in your life. So. Uh, that's all I have for you today. I got that out of my Revelation prayer strategy. Uh, I want to encourage you to do that. See what you get. I'd love to hear back from you uh, on some testimonies of what happened when you opened your hands and you let go. So uh, if you have a testimony about that or you have a question, you can email me at matt at wordalive.org. If not, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for the FMA podcast. If you want to go even deeper into all we offer, you can go to our website, freedomministryalliance.org, or you can email Matt Hobson at matt at wordalive.org for more information. In the meantime, subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and share it with your friends on social media. Once again, thanks for joining us on the FMA podcast.